Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Fortman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. All right, lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10, and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. I want you to uh, look at a couple of scriptures. I want you to look at a couple of scriptures. Uh, Say the misrepresentation uh, of Jesus. All right. I I want you to look at a couple of scriptures tonight. Uh, I want you to go, but I I want to give you this one. I want you to go to Luke 11, 23. We're going to get here in just a moment, but I want to just start with this one. I want to start with this one. Sure feels good in here. Luke 11, 23. Luke 11, 23. This is Jesus speaking. Say, this is Jesus speaking. Here's what Jesus said. He who is not with me is against me and whoever ain't helping me gather is scattering let me make it more practical for you let me make it more pragmatic and temporize it for you whoever ain't for you by default is against you touch your neighbor say there is no middle ground say there is no gray Uh, That's the problem. Some of y'all is you play great games with people. Either they are for you or they are against you. Jesus said, if you ain't with me, you're against me. And look at this last part. He said, whoever ain't trying to help me be on 10. By default is trying to pull me down to 987654321. Now, 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 now say three things. Jesus would never, ever do. Father, speak to us tonight with clarity. Taylor, may customize this word for us, your people, that we would move and walk in those things that you have ordained. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. 
You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, this month we began the message series called The Misrepresentation of Jesus. You can get the facts about Jesus and Christianity and even dive into some taboo topics to see the real Jesus so that we can see the real us. Say, when I see the real Jesus, I see the real me. Uh, now, I want to go further in revealing Jesus to you by teaching you three things that Jesus would never do, starting with where we were on Sunday. First thing is Jesus would never be an unfaithful giver. Say, Jesus would never be an unfaithful giver. You do understand that the entire premise of Christianity is based off of the very concept of giving. It is now that the scripture says God is love. Say, God is love. Uh, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. That's why the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he was, that he gave. God's very nature is to be a giver. Now, don't get it twisted. Just because he's a giver doesn't mean that he is uh, somebody that you can play. Uh, what do you mean, Bishop? Uh, say, God is a giver. Sometimes when you're a giver, people can mistake the grace of your giving as you being somebody that they can take advantage of. Anybody in here where because you're a nice person, you're a kind person, you're a giving person, and sometimes people take advantage of you. And so they will try to use you for what they can get out of you. They'll try to take you for whatever they can take you for. They conveniently never have money when you invite them to lunch, yet they got money every other time. I don't think that because God is a giver that that means you can play him. Let me also say just because you're a giver doesn't mean you should let people play you never let anybody play the well you're supposed to be a Christian card on you as a justification for why they're robbing you stealing from you leeching from you the book says in Proverbs that a leech has two daughters give me and give me some more there are some people who come into your life just to see whether or not you learned anything from the last leech that came into your life in fact, if I'm honest with you, that was 2016 was really all about. 2016 was really a repetition of tests that you had already faced in life. And God said, I want to see what you've learned. I want to see if you've gained any knowledge. I want to see if you've gained any information. And here's the good news. Even if you weren't passing in January or February or March or April or May or June or July or August or September or October or November, you got a few days left in this year to say God whatever test I failed earlier this year watch me pass him now because I refuse to take junk and drama and baggage into a new year I just had to give you that so he would not be an unfaithful giver scholars say that one of the most talked about subjects in the Bible uh, mentioned more than prayer faith heaven or hell and combined is money say money over 15% of Jesus' words were about money, more than heaven or hell combined, which makes it foolish to think that we shouldn't talk about money in church. In fact, we should talk about money a whole lot in church because the Bible talks about it a whole lot. Amen. Don't get quiet on me right there. As your pastor, my motive is that I don't want anybody in our church lack. I want a kind of church to where everybody look at you, they're like, you must be one of them harvest folk. Because not only do you walk in excellence, not only do you talk in excellence, but everything about you is excellent. I want them to look at your car and say, God, dog. Look at your house and say, God, dog. Look at your clothes and say, God, dog. Not because you're materialistic, stuck on cash, cars, and clothes, but because the God that I serve does exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask of thee. So since you're going to talk anyway, I might as well give you something to talk about. Half of your neighbors say, let's give them something to talk about. Yeah, you're going to run your mouth anyway, so let me give you something to talk about. How you like me now? What's this now? What's this? I don't want anybody in our church in lack. I don't want anybody in our church living from paycheck to paycheck. I don't want anybody in our church down at checking the cash. I don't want, y'all not saying nothing. I don't want anybody in our church with bad credit. 
Y'all not saying nothing. If our God is the God that reigns, then your life ought to be reigning. You weren't sent here to pay bills, be in debt, and die. Let me remind you of what you were sent to do. You were sent here to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. And I don't care what's happened up to this point. That was then. This is now. How about your neighbor say, forget about yesterday. It's about today forward. Yeah, I see you in your future and you look a whole lot better than you do right now. You maybe weren't broke last month, but that was then. This is now. You maybe were struggling financially last month. That was then. This is now. 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that ye prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So we learned this on Sunday that you cannot, you cannot have a reality greater than your mentality. Let me tell you your neighbor's problem is they try to fix stuff without fixing what caused the stuff, which is them. Whenever you find a problem, you need to go look for the person that caused the problem. Problems only come from people. So what are you saying, Bishop? If that you got a reality problem, you need to check your mentality issue. Now, touch your neighbor say, check yourself. Now, uh, we learned this on Sunday. Just review this real quick. Your money management reveals your mentality. Matthew 6, 21. Jesus said, for where your treasure or treasury or your money is, there your heart or your mind will be also. Now, Jesus said he know what dominates our minds because of what we do with our money. And he knows what's really important to us because of what we do with our money. Now, check this out. Read John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. That means to have success in business and finance, to be profitable and be on the right path. Say success in business and finance to be profitable on the right path now I want to give you this watch this success in business and finance uh, very simply any chief executive determines success based on what's called a P&L and a balance sheet a P&L is a profit and loss that means what did we make uh, what did we spend and what did we have left over and if that bottom line number isn't a number in the black then that means it's time to somebody got to go Okay, it's real quiet here, okay? No, no, when executives make decisions, that's why sometimes on the bottom level, if you've ever been in a corporate situation where the, the, all the folk at the bottom get affected by decisions at the top, that's because when that man looked at, or a woman or whoever, when they looked at that P&L, they said, this number has parentheses around it. And it's red, which means we got to let some folk go because for all these people, we should have made some more money. Okay, it's real quiet in here. Now, what, what does that mean? God says, I want you to look at the balance sheet and the P&L of your life. And when you look at that, it ought to be in the black. All right, y'all got real quiet. Say, say, I should be in the black. Now, 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 which means God says, I w I'm sick of you making the same mistakes over again, especially as it relates to your finances. You too grown for that. Okay. Okay, it's one thing when you're 18, 19, okay, 21, 22, 23, 20, okay, 25, though. Right. God, God says, watch well, this, church. Now, that doesn't mean you don't run into challenges. That doesn't mean we all make mistakes. How many people have made bad running mistakes? We all have, okay? Here's the deal. You too grown now. You know too much now to be making the same mistakes over and over again in your finances. Touch your neighbor and say, time out for that. So God says, I pray, 3 John 1, 2, I pray that you'd be in the black. Amen. Then one then says, not just in the black, but then that word means profitable. Profitable means that it produced fruit. Say, it's fruit time. It's fruit time. 
for all of your labor, question, and this is going to be a deep question, and, and then I want you to go deep for about 10 seconds, then we're going to come up and shout, okay? For all of your labor, question, what do you actually have to show? Now, touch your neighbor and say, that's a deep question. For all of this, quote, unquote, busy you be, what do you have to show for it? All right, watch this. If it wasn't what you wanted to see, you, you need to get happy. Why? Because God says that's over. What's starting? God says you're going to be profitable. You're going to have some fruit to show. Say, I'm going to have fruit to show. Now, then it means, watch this, be on the right path. Now, check it out. Because you can succeed at the wrong thing. You can do well at the wrong thing and stand in front of God. And God said, I didn't know you because you ain't done nothing I ever told you to do. But didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? Sure, you did it in my name, but you didn't do it because that's what I said for you to do. That's not what I ordained for you to do. That's not what I died for you to do. That's not what I sent you to the earth to do. Which means, which means watch this, uh, everything that's going on this month is to get you on the right path. So if you've been on the wrong path, say that's over. Uh-huh. Now, in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, uh, in other words, he says, I want you to have uh, prosperity, which means success in business, finance, profit will be on the right path. In how many things? All things. All right. Which means the days of you just having certain areas of your life that are great and certain areas of your life that look like lifetime movies that's in the middle of them. Okay. See, y'all, y'all ain't even catching it. I just came to tell somebody those days are over. See, if you'd start agreeing with me, you'd start seeing some fruit. The testimonies that I just read to you came from people that don't sit there on their blessed assurance looking at me. I ain't got nothing to prove to you. This ain't no circus. I'm not jumping through no hoops for you. You didn't have all that for years from the church you came from and still ain't changed. I came here to pull you up out of the mess, pull you up out of the drama, pull you up out of the issues. Now, now, now say it's fruit bearing time. Now, 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 check this out, check this out, check this out. I need to get that. He said, I want you to be healthy. He says, but, but I want you to have every area of your life where it is prosperous. Say every area. Uh, say every area of my life is prosperous. That's not how you say it if you mean it. Say every area of my life is prosperous. Now, I know what somebody's thinking, but Bishop, I made so many mistakes. That's why Jesus. For all the mistakes you made, he did one thing really well. When he hung on that tree. And the truth be told, it was just a cross because that's what the Romans used in that day to crucify. It could have been a tree. It could have been a, a solid post. I'll be quite honest with you. I don't care what it was. All I know is that his blood was shed. And the scripture says that when his blood was shed, every place it was shed, he was buying something for us because the blood was an instrumentation of redemption. Redemption means to purchase. So every time he shed blood, uh, that's why he shed blood in the garden. Why did he shed it in the garden? He had to go back to the garden where Adam gave it up. Every place his blood was shed, he shed blood on his brow. Why did he shed it on his brow? Because part of the curse of Adam was that uh, Adam was going to have to work hard from the sweat of his brow when he eat. So when they put the crown of thorns on his head and the blood, y'all not even saying nothing, and the blood pierced his brow, it was so that he could buy us back from what Adam jacked up. Y'all not saying nothing. When they pierced him in the side and they got his heart, that was buying back all the emotional issues you and I would go through. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Say it's already been paid for. So so, so since it's been paid for, let me get your soul aligned. Because you can only have a reality that's commensurate to your 
mentality. Now, so let's get it uh, aligned. Psalm 35, 27. We looked at this uh, on one of the experiences on Sunday. I want you to get this. It says, uh, uh, now let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Read the last part with me. Come on, talk to me, church. Read it together. All right, now let me do this. Leave the verse up for a moment. Now, servant there is the word abed, E-B-E-D in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, which means bond servant. Th this means, watch this. It's a servant that was released but chose to remain in servitude. Watch this. This ain't just for casual Christians. This is for the people that say, listen, for God I live, for God I die. What makes him happy makes me happy what's important to him is important to me see watch this you've already had some stuff that gave you an opportunity to quit god y'all not saying nothing but a bond servant says although i've been given an opportunity to quit god i tried everything else and i figured out that didn't work is there any witnesses in here that can say i tried in my way and my way never worked anyhow i'm a bond servant which means i ain't got no other options ain't no other life out there for me this is life does your neighbor say this is my life Ain't no other options out there for you. The club won't have your back. Y'all not saying nothing. The dance club won't have your back. The bar won't even have your back. Your ex-bay don't even want you no more. Y'all not saying nothing. The people you used to be around won't have your back. God says, I... Say, I'm a bond servant. Well, I says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his bond servants. Now, prosperity there is shalom. Now, here specifically shalom translates to safety, favor, health, and wholeness. Say safety. Yeah. See, see, watch this. When you're a bond servant, you don't worry about safety. What do you mean? What do you mean? Now, I'm not saying you don't take precautions, but you understand for somebody to start a problem with you is to start a problem with him. And I don't think you want no problems with him. Because in this book, when they started problems with him, you know what he say? Moses, move out the way. I'm going to open the earth and kill every single one of them suckers. They shouldn't have said that about you. They mama. <laughs> Say safety. Uh -huh. uh, touch yourself. Say you're safe. You ain't got to worry about, oh God, oh God, what about this? Oh God, what about this? Oh God, what about this? No, I'm a bond servant, which means watch this. Even if something does happen, watch him take an angel and make it so that my car goes this way, goes that way. I'm not saying nothing. That's why that accident couldn't kill you. That's why that cancer couldn't take you out. Because he said, baby, I got you. Touch your neighbor. Say you're safe. But then it means favor. Favor is preferential treatment. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When you live like this, people will think you're arrogant. Let them think it. See, favor means preferential treatment. I, everywhere I go, I expect favor. And so the other day somebody said, but sir, we don't normally do that. I said, I understand that. Go get it done. Now, why? 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 Because, because, watch this. Favor is part of my benefits package. Because I'm a faithful giver. 
I'm a bond servant. So I know you don't do it for everybody else, but I bet you're going to do it for me. And if you can't do it, that just means we ain't going high enough up the ladder. Give me whoever's in charge of you. Because eventually I'm going to get to somebody that's going to give me what I want. Touch your neighbor and say, that's what favor is. Stop walking around acting like a slave. Stop walking around acting like God ain't done nothing for you. You are the child of the most high God. You are the child of the king of kings and the lord of lords. You better start expecting some faith. I know you don't do it for everybody else, but I ain't everybody else. Say favor. Then it means healthy. You look that quiet. Now, here's the, I know some of y'all can, you know, let me move quickly through health. Say healthy. Look at me. You don't have time to be sick. And let me tell all y'all who be missing church because you're sick, you're out of order. Okay? That offends me. Oh, okay. Look, you're out of order for missing church when you're sick. Let me tell you why you're out of order. You just made your sickness greater than your God. But Bishop, but Bishop, I was really coughing. I didn't want to be a disturbance. You think too highly of yourself. You, your coughing ain't finna disturb nobody else. Sit in the back. Sit in the vestibule. Bishop, I just really, I just didn't want to be a distraction. You are arrogant to think that you have the power to distract everybody else up in the building. It got real quiet, right? I must be in some Kool-Aid. Am I in the Kool-Aid? What's the flavor? Well, go, come on, let's drink then. Now, let me tell you why. Every time you, and this is why people that want prayer for sickness or illness, they'll say, well, you know, I got this. And I say, stop. You're giving that permission to remain. You just own that. And the problem is you're allowing something illegal to become legal. In legal contracts, there is this clause that deals with enforcement. And the clause says, if we don't enforce one part of the contract, don't take that to mean we won't enforce the other part, nor to mean that we give up our right to enforce it. When you own sickness, and when you own anything that is contrary to health, and I'm not just talking about sickness, because let's be honest, bad eating is contrary to health. Not exercising is contrary to health. Oh, see, there y'all go. I got some for you in the new year. I got some for you in that new year to get you that you're going to get healthy. And you're going to you're gonna come to church one day. I'm going to be in a workout outfit. Be like, come on, I ain't preaching. We just working out. Oh, I got to go. Oh, no, you don't lock them doors. Ain't nobody leaving until you sweat. I'm going to be like, Keith sweat. I'm going to make you sweat. <laughs> now, say, I'm healthy. Now, you don't have time to be sick. In what areas? I taught you this a couple of weeks ago. In your spirit soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, or your body. All sickness is about wasting time. So I don't have time for that. Okay, so never give sickness preeminence. When you break your schedule to be sick, you're giving sickness preeminence. It's quiet here. Because, and here's why, and let me tell you, and this is why you always be finding yourself getting sick, and you're like, I don't know how it happened. Because you always give it preeminence. Whatever you make the issue, you've now made the idol. An idol is something you're worshiping in this place of God. Are you here, church? Then lastly, that word means whole. So God says he delights in the prosperity of his bondservants. Prosperity, uh, the safety, favor, health, and wholeness. Say, I'm whole. Now, 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 so you need to get your mindset about that. In other words, say, it makes him happy when I do well. If that makes him happy, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Do well. Okay, got real quiet right there. 
If it makes him happy to see me do well, watch me do well. Touch your neighbor and say, I want to watch you do well. Let's just be honest. Ain't you sick and tired of being sick and tired about some of the same situations and stuff in your life? You ought to be to the point now where you're like, ain't nobody got no more time for that. I'm, I'm so tired of that. I'm tired of going through that. Well, let me tell you, when you finally get sick and tired of it, God says, now I can do something with you. Sunday, we then learn money answers everything, but isn't everything. Ecclesiastes 10, 19, the latter part of the verse says money answers everything. Life feels better when you're not frustrated by your finances. I'm going to say it again. Life feels better when you're not frustrated by your finances. Some of y'all get mad at really happy people, and you're just mad because they ain't frustrated with their finances. See, you walking around all day looking constipated and mad at everybody because you frustrated with your finances, but everybody else, how did you, the old neighbor, it's a blessed, wonderful, mighty day in Jesus' name. You're like, what you so happy for? Because I don't know nobody nothing but to love them. All right, this is a good place to prophesy. I prophesy to you that debt freedom is hitting your house in 17. Debts that you owe legitimately, debts that you, that are illegitimate. Debt freedom's hitting your house in 2017. It's hitting your credit in 2017. You be, I said it's hitting your life in 2017. Bishop, where do you get the authority to say that? Deuteronomy 15 says at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release of debts. Well, we stepping into a seven. Say it's time to be debt free. That's a waste of time. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Now, 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 watch this. Money, we learn on Sunday, is a resource, not your source. We should have money. Money shouldn't have us. So don't take anything I'm teaching about money, about, is, don't equivocate that or, or equate that, rather, to be uh, materialistic. People have inaccurately said money is the root of all evil, but it's not because 1 Timothy 16 says that it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. Okay? If you love money, every decision you make will be based on getting all the money you can and canning all the money you get. And I said this on Sunday, and I need to say it again. Satan wants Christians poor, and consequently the church poor, because what does Ecclesiastes say answers everything? Money. So if you don't have money, you can't be the answer to nothing. All you're doing is talking. But money talks louder than people talking. Let, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. No, I ain't going to do that. I ain't, I ain't even going to tell your neighbor's business. I ain't going to tell your neighbor's business. But, but you ever felt so strong about something, and then some money was introduced? Then you're like, well. Anime finally said to Ike, I'm gone. And then he said, well, we, you want to go shopping? Well, ain't nobody perfect, though. Y'all, y'all not, y'all, they ain't saying nothing to me tonight. They ain't saying nothing to me. <laughs> All right, now, 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 now. So you can't believe the hype. Don't let anybody tell you Christians are supposed to be poor. Don't let anybody tell you church ain't supposed to have nothing. While I'm on it, don't let anybody tell you preacher ain't supposed to have nothing. It's quiet in church. What they doing with them offerings? I had money before I started the church. Let me just help you understand something. You dress nice. I dressed nice before I started the church. Just okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. Now, just, just to deal with that, okay? Because people, you know, what the, I remember one time somebody walked up to me at church. Bless their hearts. Walked up to me after church and said, Ah, oh, Bishop, maybe I could get some shoes like that if I got a love offering too. 
I said, sir, here's your $20. (laughs) Be encouraged. God bless you. Psych. Okay, no, anyway, sir. (laughs) I'm just playing. I'm just playing. All right, lay lay your hands on yourself. Say, poverty Poverty. is not my portion. portion. Lack Lack. is whack. And the third thing I gave you from Sunday, because remember, three things Jesus would never do. The first is he wouldn't be an unfaithful giver. Jesus watches your giving. Jesus was a faithful giver. Now, Jesus watches what we give and what else did I teach you on Sunday? How we give. Mark 12, 41. You know the story. Jesus is watching the widow woman as she gives. And Mark 12 and 41 says, now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury. I just want you for a moment to get that imagery, to get that imagery, to get that. Would you all love? Bring me one of them chairs, would you please? I want you to get this imagery real quick. I want you to get this imagery, okay? And then let me have that back bus bucket down there, okay? All right, would you just stand right here with the bucket, sir? You, okay, you stand right there, son. Stand right there. Okay, now, now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm finna be Jesus. Now you, now you finna give an offering. Go get your envelope. All right, come on. All right, come on. All right, all right here we go. So, so Jesus sits down. It's offering time. You know, they sing and then, 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 give me some offering music. Come on, offering music. Come on. Okay, just offering time. Jesus sitting there like... Okay, 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 come on, sir. You come give, you give, you give. Come on, come on, you give. Now, now I hope these are real offers. Y'all ain't just putting blank envelopes in here. Just, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just, oh, you give online, okay. <laughs> now, no, no, check this out, though. While it's offering time, hold on a second. While it's offering time, Jesus sits down so he can have direct line of sight to see the money. He just finished healing, praying, all that. And he's looking, and he's watching people give. And he's watching what they give, and he's watching how they give it. Now, say, I got the imagery. Thank you. No, touch, uh, say it again. Say, I got the imagery. All right, so what do you, if he was doing that then, what do you think he does now? Same thing. Difference is he's got a little bit different perspective. So when it's offering time, you may fool your neighbor. But Jesus is like, mm-mm. That ain't a full 10%. Mm-mm, $20. And you just gave so-and-so $400? Don't treat me like no cheap trick. I'm not cheap. Now, I need you to get the imagery. Do you understand how important this was to him? It was so important. Why did Mark record it? It was so important because so many people thought, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to watch what you give, and I'm going to watch how you give it. Mark 12, 41. Now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury, and saw the people put money into the treasury, and how many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrant, so basically a half a penny. So he called his disciples to himself, and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. Now, she gave the least amount. Watch this. But she gave it from the greatest sacrifice. Say it again. She gave the least amount, but she gave it from the greatest sacrifice, which is why, watch this. As you increase financially, you'll notice that the calls for offerings are always greater. Why? Because God says, listen... I want the sacrifice to be equal to somebody else. What are you saying, Bishop? This woman gave a half a penny, which was far less than anybody else gave in amount. But her sacrifice was far greater because that half a penny was all she had. 
And notice what he didn't say to her, church. Notice what he didn't say. Well, bless those that give and bless those that wanted to and didn't. No. If both going to be blessed, then why give? Some of y'all came from, you know, you know, old school church. But I had to rev a good up and say, amen, church, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I ain't making fun of nobody. I'm just trying to, you know, put you in the right frame of mind. Amen, amen, praise God, amen. Amen. The deacons, amen. Father God, our redeemer and our strength. With the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Y'all gonna look at me like y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Bless those that gave and those that didn't have it to give. Well, no! Then give me mine back if both of them gonna get blessed. Because that's not true, church. That's not true. That's not true. Verse 44. For they put out out of their abundance, but her out of her poverty put in all that she had. Watch what Jesus says. It was her whole livelihood. Now, this is interesting because as a widow in the Hebrew culture, she didn't have many opportunities to make an income. So notice what Jesus didn't say. She shouldn't give. Okay. What what are sometimes though people say, you know, in circumstances, well, you know, if you ain't got it, baby, Jesus ain't got it. That's not what Jesus would say. Jesus would say, no, you got it. Put it in. Touch your neighbor and say, you got it. See, watch this. What if what you had in your hand was not enough to meet your need anyhow. That means it's not your harvest, it's your seed. Are you here, church? Now, 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 here's how we should give. I'm just reviewing this on Sunday, then we'll get to the other two and we're done. We should give faithfully. Say faithfully. The opposite of faithful giving is casual giving, which is a failure to give faithfully what God's word tells us to give when God's word tells us to give it. And instead gives when it wants to, how it wants to, if it wants to, which is why everything always falls through for casual givers. See, when you're a casual giver, everything will fall through for you. You'll always look like you're going to have a great day, fall through. Look like you're going to have more than enough, fall through. Bills will come out of nowhere. You're like, who is this? Like, I never even went to France. What is this? Why? Because the scripture says that you're cursed with a curse, Malachi chapter 3, which means an empowerment to fail. Haggai says that you'd have holes in your pockets when you're not a faithful giver. It's quiet in here. Again, my motive is I don't want anybody with holes in their pockets. I want everybody in our church doing well. I want everybody in our church doing well. I want you to be doing so well that you look at yourself and say, God, dog. Now, here's what we give. Nehemiah 12, 44 clearly shows us there's four ways we give as Christians. The tithe is first 10%. That's the first gross 10% of every dollar earned or received. That includes everything. Say everything. So you're about to get some gift cards from folks in about in a few days. Okay, all right. First 10% of that is God's. Okay, okay, all right. Watch this. Uh, uh, child support money. First 10%, God's. And in a few months, some of y'all can't wait to get your W-2. Because you got plans to do some things. First 10%, God's. Unemployment money, God's. Babysitting money, God's. Pookinium let you hold something. First 10%, God's. Everybody got a Pookinium to let you hold. Well, I guess it's probably reverse. You probably let Pookie hold something, but you understand the point I'm trying to. You understand the point I'm trying to make. 
Now, that's the tithe. Now, Leviticus 27 says that belongs to God. So we're not sowing when we give the tithe. We're paying what we owe. Just like your Comcast bill or your card note or whatever. That, that's what you owe. Does that make sense, everybody? It belongs to God. Say that belongs to God. Then there are the offerings. This is anything above your tithe. This includes love offerings to your pastor. I've talked to you on that before. I'm not going to go into great detail about that tonight. And then the first fruit. Now, the tithe combined with offerings opens up the windows of heaven and rebukes or stops the devourer and pours you out blessing, which is an empowerment to prosper. Listen, not necessarily just finances itself. Now, to be blessed, you have to do the prerequisite to be blessed. Malachi 3 teaches us that that's in our giving. So watch this. It's illegitimate for everybody to say they're blessed if they're not a faithful giver. You, you, ever, you, ever, got, you ever have folk that just act all kind of crazy and then because they're going through something and you pray with them outside in the parking lot, all that, and they feel good. Now they're putting up stuff on their cubicle talking about, I am blessed. Not if you ain't a giver, you're not. Oh, you don't believe me. Okay, Malachi 3.8. You looked at me like you didn't trust me. So Malachi 3.8, now I'm going to show you. You're going to learn. Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. I mean, think of the audacity. Like, who robs, like, who going to walk up to God and be like, hey. You're from South Central. So, like, I mean, really? Okay. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed. God says you robbed me, which is different than being a thief. Robbery means you did it to my face. A thief means you did it in hiding. Robbers, they rob the, they go up front to rob. You understand? Give me the money. Well, I ain't got no pockets, but you understand what I'm saying? Okay. A thief does it in private, in secret. God says, you walked up to me and robbed me. And you say, verse, how'd I rob you, God? In your tithes and your offerings. Next verse. I'm going to move off money in a minute, but I just, I just want you, 2017, you got to have your best financial year. My God, 2017, you got to have your best financial year. So here's, here's the penalty for not being a faithful giver. You're cursed with the curse. Curse means an empowerment to fail. Now, Bishop, you're trying to say God put something on me? You put it on yourself. Okay, all right? It, it's kind of like, say, it's automatic. Okay, now here's what it means. So, so you can have all these kind of agreements and talks you want to have with God about, like, why you don't. But as far as heaven is concerned, heaven says that is, oh, wow, really? Mm, mm, I know, huh? Wow, that's really unfortunate. Right, but the curse is automatic. There's nothing you can do to block that other than make it right. It's quiet in the church. Because we have all these deals we make with God, right? And we feel good after we make the deal. Like, Lord, I know I ain't done nothing right. But, Lord, if you just, Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, sweet Lord Jesus, just Lord Jesus, touch. Hey, 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 Lord, touch. And you make all these deals with God. And you're like, God, I just know you're going to honor this deal. And heaven is like, that is so unfortunate what you're telling us. But the curse is automatic, Malachi 3. Say it's automatic. Okay, it's just kind of like if you don't pay, let's just use this example. Anybody never paid a bill? Come on, you can be honest. You, you, you ain't got to lie. Yeah. We can all have moments. Or you ever forgot to pay a bill? Let's say it that way. Anybody ever forgot to pay one? All right. And, and then watch this. You were kind of shocked if after the first little bit, it was like, oh, it's still on? Oh. Favor. And then all of a sudden, though, what was automatic happens. And what do you have to do to fix it? You got to call them and pay them what you owe them. And they normally impose a penalty.
penalty. Leviticus, since I'm teaching you, let me teach you. Leviticus 27 says when you withhold your tithe, there's a 20% penalty. Oh, okay, Leviticus 27.10. Let me just go and teach you since we there. Since we there. Leviticus 27.10. Come on, Leviticus 27.10. He shall not substitute or exchange a good for bad, bad for good. And if he at all exchanges animal for animal, then both shall be exchanged for one. Keep going. If an unclean animal uh, which is not offered to sacrifice to the Lord, then he should present the animal before the priest. Keep going. And the priest will set it to value for it, whether it's good or bad, and your priest will value it, so be it. Come on. Come on. But if he wants to redeem it at all, let's talk about the tithe. You can go back and read it in context. He must add what? How much? What's that? 20%. So when you withhold it, you'd be like, God, here it is. It's late, but here it is. Evan's like, that ain't no enough. We're going to need that other 20% penalty for not putting me first. It's quiet in the church. That, that touch your neighbor said, that's in the book. And for those of you who say, well, Bishop, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not so sure. I was on Google the other day, Googling tithe. And the Google told me, oh, my God, really? Seriously? Go get the series to, to teach about it. But here's the deal. The tithe was instituted before Torah was instituted. It was instituted when Abram tithed to Melchizedek, who was a king in prison. The tithe predated the Mosaic law or Torah, and it outdates it. Okay? Okay? That's why Jesus, it, it, people say, well, Jesus didn't specifically teach about it. It was already taught about. Jesus also didn't teach about not killing folk. Why? It was already taught about. He didn't have to reteach what was taught. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, back to Malachi 3 and 10, and then we're going to wrap this up and, and then get these other two things. Come on. Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10. Bring, see how it works? You just sometimes you got to change your approach. Bring all the tithes into the what? Storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Storehouse represents the church. And try me now or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Say he fights for me. See, when you're a faithful giver, only a fool starts stuff with you. Because Lord of hosts is the Hebrew idiom that means he fights for you. See, when you give, you're invoking heaven to be an army for you and fight for you. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there may not be room enough to receive it. Next verse. And I will rebuke the devour for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine uh, fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Leave that verse up. Uh, go back real quick. See them, nor shall the vine do what? fail to do what bear fruit for you say i'll be fruitful without failure do you see that right there do you see that right there say i'll be fruitful come on talk to me when they say i'll be fruitful without failure now, now, which practically could be stopping a bad financial decision, avoiding a car accident by going another way, or avoiding you getting in a bad relationship with somebody that would drain you, or avoiding identity theft. See, we pay the tithe, but then we sow the offerings because the offerings in the scripture are seed, and the bigger seed we sow, the bigger harvest we reap. And since God, the scripture says, is looking for somebody to prosper because he gives seed to the sower, it might as well be you. Say, it might as well be me. You need to get out of a needs met mentality. You need more than your needs met. You need more than enough so you can be a blessing. How can you be a blessing if you can't help yourself? How can you change somebody else's life if you can't change your own life? Your days of just having your needs met are over, but your days of abundance have begun. Touch your neighbor and say, get out of that mentality. Your God is not a need-meeting God. Your God is the God that does exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this, but this I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap what? Sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap what? 
bountifully. Now, check it out, verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now, remember, he's not talking about the tithe because the tithe belongs to God. He's talking about above the tithe. See, watch this. Faithful givers aren't just tithers. They go above the tithe. Say, that's the kind of person I am. Oh, wow, that's not really strong talking to me. Say, that's the kind of person I am. And look at what happens. Here's the prize for it, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace, which means favor, which means his super to your natural, abound or turn toward you, that you, say your name, always having sufficiency in how many things? All things may have an abundance for what? Every good work, which means when you are a faithful giver, heaven says, we're going to make sure you never lack. We're going to make sure you never go without. In fact, your issue is going to be figuring out how and where to spend it. Okay, y'all, y'all. Now, 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 just throw your hands out like this and say, come here, Grace. Yeah, 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 because when you're a faithful giver, God says, I'll make grace turn toward you. People that don't even like you will bless you. People that can't even stand you will give to I'm a living witness that God will make your enemies your footstool. He'll make folk that talk about you turn around and write you a check. Why? Because grace is turning toward me. Somebody holler, grace is turning to me. Oh, yes, it is. It's turning to you. And that's why you have to go through the hell you're going through in 16. Because God says, I'm changing grace and I'm making it turn toward you. Can, can, can I throw something in there? Watch this. Sometimes in life, there's this message you got to get called forced investments. I told a long time ago. Sometimes in life, the seed you're sowing in life is insufficient for the harvest God has prepared and that you've asked for. Watch this. So sometimes in life, now, not just your financial giving, but listen to me, church. Sometimes things will happen in life where you'll be like, oh, my God, it seems like I've lost this, 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 this. Anybody had that in 2016? Let me tell you what happened. Heaven said, the seed you're sowing is insufficient for the harvest we've prepared. So what we're going to do is allow you to think you lost it, but it's really a forced investment. Because the harvest we have prepared, the seeds you've been sowing is insufficient for it. So sometimes it'll look like you lost it. But touch your neighbor and say, I ain't lost nothing. Wrong neighbor, try the other one and say, I ain't lost nothing. Yeah, because what heaven says is we just use that as forced investment. We use that as seed because what we got prepared for you, I hasn't seen ear hasn't heard neither has it entered into the heart the mind of man touch your neighbor say you didn't lose nothing in 16 it was a forced investment yeah those weren't friends you lost those were fakes you lost and God says in 17 we got the real thing for you y'all I'm not saying nothing that ah. All right, let me move on let me move on say it's a forced investment now let, let me give you a second thing you ready for the second thing this is the second thing Jesus would never do he wouldn't fight for those that weren't with him. He wouldn't fight for those that weren't with him. First thing is he wouldn't be an unfaithful giver. Second thing is he wouldn't fight for those that were with him. You know your problem? I'm going to tell you your problem. You want to know your problem? Is you give mercy to people who don't appreciate it. Now, watch this. Watch this. Mercy, mercy is when we, when, just generically speaking, mercy is when something negative should happen and doesn't. But mercy is dispensed by grace. See, grace is when you get something you don't deserve. Well, we don't deserve mercy. So then mercy is dispensed by grace, but mercy is different than grace. You still with me? Here's the deal. People look at how you give mercy. And what happens is you often give it to people. Here's what you do. Call, call it giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay? Or number two, 
believing the best in people. What best have they shown you that you're trying to believe in? Okay, y'all, y'all ain't going to talk to me? How you going to believe the best about somebody that ain't never showed you no best? Watch this. Watch this. They ain't never been loyal to you. They ain't never been there for you when you needed them. They ain't never been able to be dependent on. What the heck are you talking about? What best are you referring to? I, I was telling somebody the other day. I said, I said, I was telling somebody the other day. I said, I'm t- I said, let me tell you something. I said, I'm going to tell you my greatest failure. So here's my greatest failure. I said, I was telling him, I said, but here's my greatest failure. My greatest failure is that I have given mercy to people who didn't appreciate it. And it ended up hurting me. It's quiet in the church. Think of how many folks you didn't gave chance after chance after chance. They were the original chance to rap a chance after chance after chance. Millennials don't talk chance after chance. You gave that sucker 50 11 chances. And the whole time, who was, who was losing their self-esteem? You. The whole time, who was losing their self-value? You. The whole time, who was paying for everything? You. And you had the nerve to do it in the name of being a good Christian. Well, Jesus forgave me. Yeah, because you showed some progress. You at least pretended like you want to change and get better. Okay, let me, I'm finna go on and, I'm finna go on. They at the other person's house while they asking you to forgive them. And you talking about what a love, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. <laughs> I figured I'd step off into the water right there. Jesus wouldn't fight for folk that wasn't with him. But yet you spent most of your energy in 16 fighting for people who weren't with you. And here's the sad part, most of them got your blood. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I can see them. I have to go to work. Turn them lights off. I can see them. I have to go to work. Let's go to work. Touch it and say, let's go to work. Y'all ready to go to work now? Oh, oh, y'all used to that. Y'all ready to go to work now? You have wasted tears and money and energy and time on people who would kick you to the curb if they had the money to. who would turn you over to the lions if it wasn't going to be an inconvenience to them. Don't think that their continuity is because they have loyalty to you. Their continuity is about self-preservation. They know that if you drop them, they won't be preserved. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You spent so much energy in 16 fighting for folk that weren't even with you. Okay, shedding tears for folk that wasn't with you. Praying for folk. I was telling this pastor the other day, he said, well, I just prayed for him. I said, you did more than I would have. I ain't gonna bother God with that fool. I said, I got important stuff to talk to God about. I ain't gonna bother him with some idiot. Bishop, that ain't well. No, you better read your Bible. The Bible says, don't waste your words on a fool. Now, that's Bible. Touch your neighbor and say, that's Bible. Now, there's some people I ain't praying for. Nope, sure am not. The book says it's a waste of words. All right, all right. Say, Jesus would never fight for those 
that weren't with him. Let me ask you something. Why didn't he ever check Judas? He knew what Judas was. When Judas was out there meeting with the scribes and Pharisees trying to set him up, he knew where he was. Just like some of y'all got folk right now. You say, I just don't want to know. You got friends. You, you already know they over there with the friend that used to be your friend, but ain't your friend no more. See, I got a rule with people. If you friends with my enemies, you my enemy. Here's what I learned to stop doing, but I ain't got to tell you I know, though. Y'all not saying nothing. See, that's where you've been messing up. You've been telling everybody that you know. Sometimes you just need to say, found you, found you, found you. Sometimes when you confront a deceiver, you just make them smarter. I learned to stop confronting. I just... I know where you've been. Know who you've been talking to. Know where you've been running. Know where you I got the ghost, not the guest. Problem is, I don't care. Because <laughs> every Jew self-destructs. Why didn't Jesus confront Judas? Why didn't he confront him? Why didn't he say, Judas, you know I love you. You know I'm the only one that's ever been here for you. Why in the world? You know, you've been out there talking to them scribes and Pharisees. I mean, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough for you. You don't love me. I healed your cousin, them, uh, that, that slew foot the other day. I, your mama ain't not need no more. I healed her. I, <laughs> I'm being funny. Church. Touch it if say, have fun in church. I, I did everything for you, Judas. Why you don't want to be loyal to me, Judas? Jesus said, he looked over at John. God, dog. What Wednesday is this? Fourth Wednesday? Nah, I can't do it. But just go with me for a little bit. I'm 15 minutes over time. Can I finish? Jesus looks over at John. He's sitting at the table. And Jesus is like, one of y'all going to betray me. In fact, I know who it is. John leans back in his chair. Jesus leans back at the same time. Cause you, you've seen stuff like this happen, like, you know, where like something going on and you make eye contact with somebody else, like, can you believe what no That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. And so Jesus, Jesus and John both lean back at the same time. Jesus is like, I can't say that. You believe this guy here? This joker here. He think I don't know where he been. He think I don't know he got the silver in his pocket right now. I just don't care. Why? Because every Judas will self-destruct. But here's the other reason. When Judas came and kissed him, he said, do what you got to do and do it quickly. I've known you since I hired you. I've known you since I first saw you. I knew you since I invited you to the party. I knew what you were the whole time. What you didn't know is you are a footstool. I'll make your enemies your footstool. And what is a footstool? Helps you go further, faster. Helps you reach higher, quicker. Why didn't he confront him? Because he said, listen, for what? That's not going to make him loyal. If you got to have a conversation with somebody about being loyal, you're the only one that doesn't realize ain't nothing there to fix. Okay, all right, so since you ain't saying amen, I'm going to go on and dig. 
if you married somebody and you got to tell them, look, you need to be loyal to me. Baby, it's over. And you two the only one that don't know it yet. It's over. It's over, I promise you. It might not happen in two months, may not happen in two years, but mark this day, mark these words. You prayed for an answer. You came to church. You got it. Now, what you do is on you. If you got to tell a friend, well, look, let's sign this friend contract. Because <laughs> you need to be a loyal friend to me. It's over. Ain't no friendship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Anything you have at that point will be so guarded because you don't trust it can never be real. Okay, all right. Luke eleven twenty three. It's got quite a He who is not with me is what? Against me. Now, here's what you need to do as you're going into 27. You need to start making some firm lines in the sand who's with me and who's not. And if you're not, that don't mean I got to talk about you. Doesn't mean I got to hate you. Doesn't mean I got to be mad at you. Doesn't mean I got to get an attitude with you. Doesn't mean I have to have stank face when I look at you and talk to you. What it does mean is I know. That way I can never be played. Some of y'all be getting shocked and surprised when Judas does what he does. I can't believe that. You had all the red flags the whole time. You know why you couldn't believe it? Because you didn't take what Jesus said. Jesus would never fight for those who weren't with him. So watch this. This is the shout. You ready? Why didn't Jesus confront Judas? Because confronting him would have been fighting for him. Okay. Y'all, y'all. Can I get this side of the church to shout, please? Can I get you to play like you shouting? If I confront you, that means I care about you. And Judas, don't get it twisted. I ain't. If I say something to you, Judas, that means I care. The confrontation would have been the fight. So Jesus never confronted Judas because he said, I'm not fighting for you because you're not with me. You only confront when you care. Now you just found out some folks that you thought cared that just disappeared from your life. Now you just found out the real deal. They never cared. Because they were never with you. Can I finish this third one? Okay, Jesus would never whine because it's windy. He never whined because it's windy. Can, can I tell you what, what, what you've been doing a little bit? All right. You've been complaining about the process of making progress. It gets windy when you're making progress. It gets windy when you are going against generational curses. It gets windy when you're going against opposition that tries to stop you. Touch your neighbor and say, stop whining about the wind. See, watch this. In Mark 6, I'm going to get to you real quick. In Mark 6, immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before them to the other side, the Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. Say it was in the middle. And he was alone on the land, and he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was what? Against them. Now, wind, let me get this acronym. Wind stands for worry, issues, negativity, and doubt. Worry, issues, negativity, and doubt. Now, what was against them? Worry, issues, negativity, and doubt. Now, it says, now about the fourth watch of the night, which is about 3 a.m., he came by them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. Now, watch this. Uh, uh, and verse 49, and when he saw them walking, and when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Check this out. They saw him but didn't recognize him because of the wind. 
You missed it. What you prayed for showed up. You've just not recognized it because worry, issues, negativity, and doubt have made you miss it. Okay, it's quiet here. T touch your neighbor and say, what you prayed for has shown up. Don't let the wind make you miss it. Verse 49. Watch this. Watch this. Can we shout our way out? Because this is the last part. I only got three more sentences on this paper, on this computer. Watch this. Verse 49. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Here's my question. How'd they suppose it was a ghost of Jesus if they knew Jesus was alive? That's a good question. In essence, watch this. The wind had been against them for so much, they couldn't even recognize when what they asked for had come. And notice the latter part of the verse, and they cried out. You've been hollering a lot this year. About, okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing. You've been crying a lot this year. You've been frustrated a lot this year. You've been mad a lot this year, crying out because you have misidentified a ghost. You're not saying nothing. You've called it a ghost when it was really God. You've called it a ghost when it was really Jesus. Bishop, what are you saying? You've been in the process of making progress so it gets windy and when it gets windy, stuff gets tough and when stuff gets tough, stuff gets rough and when stuff gets rough, you whine. Used to. Touching them say used to. When instead, what you need to do, look at verse 50, for they all saw him and were troubled. Which means what you prayed for in 15 made you see Jesus in 16 in a whole nother way. You saw a whole nother side of God this year. I wish I had a witness that you didn't see in 15. I wish I had a witness here. You saw a whole nother dimension of God you ain't never seen. See, you heard he was a way maker until he made one for you in 16. You heard he was a healer until he healed you in 16. You heard he was a mind regulator until he had to regulate your mind because you was about to lose it and snap, crackle, and pop. This, y'all not saying nothing. For they saw him and were troubled. Verse, they saw him and they were all troubled. Watch this. But immediately... He talked to him and said, what you tripping for? <laughs> I like Jesus because he's so smooth. No, he just, I'm telling you, he's like Billy D. Williams and Batman. He's just smooth. Yeah, what do you want me to do? He's just smooth. He's like, be a good cheer. <laughs> it is I. <laughs> now watch this. The boat is rocking and shaking. Shaking and rocking. Rocking and shaking left and right. All night. That's going to be on the new album. And Jesus just walks up. Cool. Cool's a fan. Just walks up. I need the verse. So I know my, know my words. There you go. Be a good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. What are you scared of the wind? Well, I says, what are you scared of the water getting in your boat? Aren't you almost to the other side? You miss your shout. You miss your shout. He's like, you sitting up here tripping 
and you haven't even paid attention to the fact that you're almost to the other. Let me give you an announcement. Hello, hello, hello. From the other side, would you touch your neighbor and say, stop whining. That wind got you to the other side. Would you shout about the wind you had this year? Would you shout about the wind you had this year? Yeah, because that wind was blowing you. You missed it, church. You missed it, church. You missed it. You missed it. The wind they were whining about was the wind that got them to the other side. You missed it. Say, touch, touch the name and say, catch this point. Say, for real. You've been whining about stuff. Or maybe have a little bit lower, lower. You pick your, your octave there. And Jesus has walked up to you on Wednesday night, the first day of winter, officially. That's what today is. You, okay, watch this. Want to get prophetic? Yes, this day, the winter solstice, is the shortest day, the longest night. Yes, After tonight, every night from here gets, gets lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser. I came to tell somebody, night is over. Your night is over. I came to prophesy to somebody, your night is over. It's a prophetic night tonight. Your night is, oh, this was the longest night of your life. It's been night all year. But I came to tell you, your night is, oh, yeah, yeah. First. <laughs> 51, 51, 51, here he goes. Then he went up into the boat. Where was Jesus? Where were they at when Jesus got to them? They were in the middle of the sea. Jesus said, you're almost to the other side. You've been whining about the wind. You've been whining about your money, whining about this, whining about lonely, whining about this, whining about this, whining about this, whining about that. And Jesus is like, can I tell you? No. Sometimes you got to get talked to strong. Any witnesses there? I have something sometimes when I'm having whiny moments. I look in the mirror. And I say stuff to myself. I can't tell you what I say. It's very spiritual what I say. No, it's all scriptural. I look myself in the mirror. And I say what I say to myself. And I end it by saying, you better handle business. Check this out, church. Jesus walks up to him. And I know he was cool about it. But I know he's probably thinking like these dudes. Man, this dude here, I can't tell him. God, don't. What you whining for? Didn't you say you wanted to be on 10? Well, what you whining for? You was moving too slow, so the wind put, y'all not saying nothing. You were taking too long, so the wind. I dare you to just push your neighbor on the shoulder and say, neighbor. <laughs> Say the wind push you, the wind push you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pushed you out that bad relationship, pushed you out of that bad situation, pushed you out of that bad financial decision. It fifty-one. 
Then he got in the boat. When Jesus got on the boat, what happened? Wind stopped. And then they were amazed in themselves beyond measure and marvel. Let me tell you where you at tonight. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marvel. You ain't getting it. The wind was good for you. Stop whining about it. You were taking too long. Jesus wouldn't whine about the wind. So touch your neighbor and say, you stop whining about the wind. And here's what you need to do tonight. Be greatly amazed in yourself beyond measure. Why are you smiling? Because the wind was good for me. Why are you clapping? Because the wind was good for me. Why are you shouting? Because the wind, it was good for me. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? And you're glad about the wind? High five your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm glad about the wind. I dare somebody to just stand on your feet and just give God the glory for the wind that came in your life. Yeah. 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 He wouldn't whine about the wind. Touch your neighbor say, stop whining. Be amazed. That wind got you right where you need to be. Give her one more praise, church. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.